You are listening to the Green Lantern Corecast, episode number 113. This episode, Secrets and Skrillex. to the Green Lantern Corecast. I'm your host, Frank Mattel, and joining to me today are, is my esteemed panel host of trivia enthusiasts. Uh, actually, they're all, they're, they're actually not really trivia enthusiasts. they all just regular. I don't really care. We have all our regulars, such as uh, Kuhan, as you heard, you know, who loves whatever. Uh, Carlton, who apparently cannot shut up for the life of him. Uh, Eric, here, as yes. you know, in, enjoying right. himself. Uh, Andrew, you know, the, uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, uh, uh, this is a funny one, this one. And, uh, and Brandon, Brandon West here, uh, all of them eager, eagerly awaiting to, uh, give you our reviews on the newly, newly, uh, new issues of, uh, has, has it been like a year since you've been on the show? No. Like, like six months? Like a month? <laughs> no, I don't, sure. Anyway. Oh. Oh yeah! If you if you want to know, that's that's Kuan again. Hilarious! It's a stand-up special on YouTube right now. You can watch it. <laughs> my, my YouTube YouTube stand-up special. Yes, that's that's uh, exactly like what it is. Special. Like it's just the same three minutes loop for a half hour on Comedy Central. <laughs> it, it's a it's a stand-up very special. Ah, uh, that wasn't even funny. Anyway, Brandon, I hear we have some news. Tell me, what is this news? Two pieces of news, gentlemen. First off. For uh, you fast food eaters out there, Green Lantern the animated series toys will be coming soon to McDonald's. Yeah, awesome. there's a McDonald's right outside my school. Disgusting! I can't believe people actually still eat McDonald's. No, no, no I'm, I'm just gonna sorry. buy the toys. Just like it's like fifty cents for the Green Lantern toy. Yeah. So for your kid, no. Nope. Is there still McRib there? <laughs> yes. There's still, yeah, still McNasty there. So shots to McNasty is what I call. It's an old show. Anyway. There will be eight toys in total, one of them including a Green Lantern ring. So, I mean, if you got kids, go and grab it because you're don't, – Actually, don't go because why would you subject your kids to a lifetime of diabetes from one meal? But that's fine, I guess, if you want to promote that. Whatever. A lifetime of diabetes is worth it for a toy. It won't be diabetes. It will be heart disease or maybe like, like liver <laughs> or something. I don't know. You might just actually straight up get mad cow disease. You, like, you, don't, you, don't, you, get get di- you don't get diabetes from salt and, and fat. You, you get sugar. diabetes from salt. Yeah, well, you, well, you get like diabetes from sugar. The, isn't all the meat like genetically? Oh, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff in there. Hormones. No, it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like 80% beef. Can I don't know. Not, no, it's, it, 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 it's better than Taco Bell's tacos. 
There's not even thirty percent. So clearly, we're all clearly excited about this. Can I just say that we never we never used Toy News before, but we actually are using Toy News to promote McDonald's. So I think uh, <laughs> Brandon is no longer allowed to report the news because he's obviously been co-opted by an outside monetary. Have we force. ever determined why <laughs> birds no longer eat the French fries? They've learned. They've it's evolved. Yeah, because they're animals that have instincts, you know, and they don't want to eat. <laughs> you, you know, all the ones that would eat the McDonald's fries died, so the ones that won't breed and have kids. So hey, Brandon, I heard you. I heard. I heard we had more news. Yeah, I, I'm just 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 to finish that up. I just want to say, birds understand. Birds don't understand they're not supposed to eat firecrackers, but they do understand they're not supposed to eat McDonald's fries. Just that should tell you something. So Brandon, all right. So yeah, yeah. Go on, go on, go ahead. Go ahead, tell Brad. Tell We've Brad. lost our sponsors. Go ahead. <laughs> Too hot. Too hot. Go ahead. Brandon, I heard we had news. I do, Frank. I do have news. Oh, man. I was just thinking that. Here's the good news, Kuan. Red Lanterns is getting a new artist, Miguel Sepulveda. Uh, he'll be joining the book in issue 10. Well, issue 9 features a cover from him. In issue 10, he'll be joining on the interiors. Um, Ed Bennis will be leaving for Detective Comics. Uh, he probably won't be staying there. That's only a three-issue gig. So, uh, And apparently, the story Miguel comes on with will be entitled The Death of the Red Lanterns. So, hey, this is this is definitely something I'm hearing for the first time. Book. I did not did not post about and comment on on the Green Lantern Corps message boards. Uh, yeah, so Miguel Sepulveda, I'm excited that it's not at Venice. Oh, it's just Sepulveda. I don't know, whatever. Who? I mean, it's it's Miguel, so I'd assume it'd be Sepulveda, but I guess so. Sure, why not? Miguel Sepulveda. Yeah. I don't know. I know a guy named Carlos Williamson. So there's also. Uh, this is probably the most important aspect of this news story. The Star Sapphires will be joining, not joining, but cameo in the book. And so, Stormwatch, uh, too, right? Stormwatch, yep, and issue nine, uh, they'll be showing up. <sighs> Whatever. Remember, remember when there wasn't going to be crossovers for a while? Ed Bennis has this, uh, yeah, well, absolutely. Ed Bennis, as an artist, changing around. It's good, and especially the idea that there's an implication that they're going to kind of shuffle them off uh, to not draw anymore and stuff. And that's fine, and it's just kind of like, it's sort of like DC's been doing that. Like, their relaunch is kind of a total failure creatively, I think, and then periodically they keep giving us good news to back up all the bad news, but it's it's sort of kind of seems like you're dying in a desert and someone's handing you like you know a sandwich you know made of bread and you're like I just can I have some water like no here's here's a sandwich all the way over there you know so, I don't know it's just it's, it's like a freshly I'm, cooked sandwich <laughs> it's not I'm, even that freshly cooked it's still in Detective Comics so I'm ex- <laughs> I'm excited to start reading uh to start reading would, Red Lanterns again since issue one uh what I'm not excited for yeah. is is starting reading it again realizing that the story's still bad and then dropping it again. It's a learning lesson. It's a learning lesson. I really like Ed Bennis, and I, I will miss him. I think he added a lot to the book. I enjoyed his work in Justice League or JLA. But calm down. Uh, the only thing you're going to literally miss, Andrew, is pretty much all the ass shots. Yeah, you don't have one ass. He added a lot of these, but still. Ed, Ed Bennis, is, Ed, Ed Bennis is to all art as Mark Bagley is to Brandon. I agree. Uh, uh, what was that reference again? He didn't like Mark Bagley. Oh yes, I forgot about that. It's been a while. He didn't like what, what is Bagley doing? Sorry, what is Bagley doing these days? Is he actually working? He's doing actually he's doing the, he's the doing new Spider-Man. Yeah, oh. something. He's back. He's back in Marvel. He's doing the new Avengers title, and he, he, he has a great something. 
and with them. Um, no one cares because he's terrible. It's either we say that it's not true, but that's fine. It's not true. It's not true. Did you just think I was playing Scott Clark earlier this year? Like, no, thank you. You don't have any say about who an artist is. I didn't say I like. I still don't know what an anchor does. Dick. So, anyways, anybody else? Anybody else have anything to say about about the replacement of of Bennis? I know, I know, Eric hates it. Hates Bennis. Uh, If if not equally as much as I do, then at least almost as much. Yeah. If I want to look at vaginas in a superhero comics, I would just go on the website or whatever. Yeah. Hmm. You want a link for that? <laughs> <laughs> He's ready oh, for it. It's just become totally a sellout this episode. What is going on? Like, you, know, like now you, get more, more <laughs> you used to you used to have dignity. What happened? All right. Uh, well, enough. Is, is that all the news for uh, for today, Brandon? I think that's all the news we can handle, friend. All right, cool. I want to make sure if Kuan lets me, you know. Um, Continue going. Come on, can I can I continue the show? Please, Frank, continue the show. Thanks. Continue. Uh, thanks for the AOK, boss. Yep. The AOK. Yep. So you know, that's, you know, that's what happens when you when you miss like three episodes in a row, and by three episodes in a row, I mean like two episodes sporadically. Yeah, something about that. Anyway, so today we're going to be reviewing for your you, you know for your listening pleasure, uh, Red Lanterns number seven and uh, Green Lantern number seven, both. Uh, recent issues uh, that came out in the past two weeks. Um, and of course, we're going to start off with the best of the bunch, Run Landers number seven, starring Skrillex, as uh, Eric likes to call him. Technically, Skrillex, Skrillex. Yeah, I, can, I cannot remember this guy's name, so we do the other podcast, the DC New New podcast over at graphicsfringe.com, and, um, which is weird that I said that because Brandon's the one who's promoting things this episode. But like, yeah, yeah like, we couldn't, we couldn't remember what um, his name I couldn't remember what his name what was. What Rangor's name was. I. You could not remember Rancor's name, so I insist on calling him Skrillex for the remainder of his life as a DC Comics okay, character. So, I mean, I, I, I really now want to see some sort of mad beats dropped with Rancor. That's right. Can, can, some, can, can someone do like a dubstep remix of the Rancor from Star Wars? No. Someone can, but a- any, Anybody, if, if you're listening and, and, and are able to do dubstep remixes, I want a dubstep remix of the Rancor from Star Wars. I'll listen to it once and then never again because I don't like dubstep. But No. Kuhan will enjoy it only once and then hate if it for the rest I mean, of his life. If it's good, I'll, I'll listen to it more. But I, I anyway, I, so we can actually review the uh, D three itself, of course. I'll go ears deep, but only oh god. This is the uh, <laughs> uh, this is the issue where Rancor and Guy Gardner go at it for a few seconds, and uh, Atrocis learns the awful truth of what happened to Krona. Sort of awful truth, I guess. Also, we we learned a little bit more of uh, what you know Chances have been doing for the past eons and eons of his life. Apparently, creating bizarre experiments and small little terrorist organizations to like you know plague the universe before he, he actually created the Red Lantern rings, which is you know funny that he would do all these, these other things rather than just create the ultimate powerful weapon that he is apparently that would easily create. Maybe he just didn't life. know. Uh. I say I say before he was you know before he was a therapist because he had to have become something while staring at his ugly ugly daughter uh, who is even uglier now after that and and his wife Saint Walker forever <laughs> he's gonna remarry Saint Walker eventually never gets old <laughs> it's just straight up like forever I think I like how I like how hateful Frank's attitude is toward his ugly daughter like I can't I cannot abide ugly young woman like I can't stand it. <laughs> need to talk about it all the time. Forever, so daddy. Me. Forever, daddy. 
apparently forever means until you die horribly and then I bring you back as a zombie monster. I, also, I just can't wait until uh, Tri-Cities has to confront, um, oh, what's, the, what's that dude's name from the Sinestro Corps? Uh, uh, oh, what's this, uh, Arkillo? Arkillo. Can't wait until they have to both confront one another because, you know, apparently they're both going to be fighting over the same man. So it'll be, it'll be hilarious. It'll be hilarious. Just hilarious. The killer's gay, exactly right. That's why he's uh, he's fighting over Saint Walker. No, that's, that's, that's why he tried to keep his tongue for so I long. Arkillo was in love with Sinestro. No, Arkillo's now in love is with Saint Walker. Is this a soap opera now? Is this, this, this like, is it like uh, Sinestro comes and like, how could you leave him for me or something? I don't know. Days of our lanterns. <laughs> sure. Anyway, anyone have any uh, actual comments of the issue itself? Um, uh, <clears throat> I, I. I have a lot of trouble trying to get into the the human Red Lantern character. It's it seems like a Mary Sue for the readers, which kind of makes sense because he's like our our window into things. But I don't know. I, I I don't know why it is. Maybe one of you guys can help me. But I just I have a trouble like getting invested in this guy. I don't know. I just don't care. I don't, you don't care about really... Mr. John Moore, whose brother was beaten to death by a bunch of cops in front of him. I'm trying, he but was picked on as a kid. He was picked on as a kid. Uh, his brother is the about, you know, and he's got problems with authority. Weren't you, you picked know, on as a kid, Andrew, this... also, as, as, as you were as a child because you're a nerd and read comic books? That, that must be true, right? He has a special destiny that he didn't know about until he got older, but, you know, older people saw it in him, and he's a secret in the inside or something. It's like, and his grandfather. It's not at all like, it's not all like Spider-Man or the Hulk. Like, this doesn't bring anything else to Or Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's a sound origin story and stuff, but I mean, as soon as we we get into these red lanterns, I mean, all the history and mythos of everything, it's like, okay, but but now we're going to focus on this human, this random human we've never seen before or heard about on Earth that happens to be red lantern. He, he, he I, mean, I get why they're some... doing it, but I, I I have I struggle to get invested. Well, in now it. now for now, like, I don't, here's, here's, I want to hear about all this other stuff. I mean, you know? when 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 you create a new book, then I I think you should have some sort of new like if it's a new book based on a new, yeah yeah like like you know like like. It's it's not it's not like you know in the sixties it's like oh now I'm supposed to care about this new new Hal Jordan guy, uh, I mean I guess it probably was like that but um. <laughs> see here's the problem with trying to get invested with the uh, Human Red Lantern at I'd say uh, six issues into the series. That's what I would. Say, There's yeah. the problem. Six issues six issues into the series, you get the uh, the human character that we're supposed to be our jumping on point. Maybe so, like if the last splash page number one was like, oh yeah, John Moore. Get, well, I don't know. They did do an, a, a neat job of like a, a little bit of the bait and switch, which was kind of cool, kind of effective. Like with the the other guy, like, oh, this is gonna be the new Red Lantern that's a human. No, it's his brother, and that was kind of that, that <laughs> yeah. But I, you, I feel like that was but, almost uh, like couldn't have been. Yeah, I agree. I think it couldn't have been a bait and switch, right? Because it's almost like they're giving so much attention to John Moore that it's almost like you're thinking. It's almost like I don't know. It's almost like there's no way they're gonna make him. It's so obvious, and then just make it. I feel yeah. like it's the obvious one, but yeah. Maybe if no, I cared I more, I would actually notice. That. <laughs> I just read in cursor. Well, I think you're right. Yeah. Seven well, issues in, and it's yeah. the same story they've been telling this whole time. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much, Atrocis is looking for Corona, <laughs> and the rest of the Red Lanterns trying to find, you know, fight their way to the like, top of being the food just, chain. I, I I don't know what's wrong with the writer because. I've seen some other stuff. It's it's fairly good. It's like for this book, he doesn't realize that he's just dragging things out so painfully slow. I almost think that he realizes, but it's would, would that be called? But he doesn't care. Do would that be called the confines of what he's given? It's 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 like it's like it's like a nail on the chalkboard. Only instead of the chalkboard, it's your face, and it's dragging least, across. You know, the problem is right. I think the problem with Tomasi is that he has these. We've you know we've complained about these protracted storylines before, and it's definitely. 
his style and stuff. I think the difference is that Tomasi, which is for better or worse, has a single plot that tracks through like seven issues. Where in this book has kind of this like vague soap opera non plot happening. Like, you know, you're kind of like it's building drama and suspense between the characters till these big moments happen. And we're kind of cheated at these moments. I mean like, you know, we have like Krona wringing his hand for like four issues about uh, – I'm sorry. Atras is wringing his hand for like four issues about Krona and, and constantly saying, I'm impotent. I can't do anything about this. I'm impotent. I can't do anything about this. And like four issues in, like, so what? And then Krona's body disappears. You're like, oh, wow, this could actually mean something. And the next issue is like, actually, it's nothing. He's still wringing his hands about not being able to kill Krona because – now some other nonsense is happening, you know. And even Blees, like, like all these issues building up, like, oh my god, maybe Blees will be the first intelligent Red Lantern, and it sort of happens off page, you know. And then now Blees is just leading your own revolution. It's all kind of, like, I don't know. It's 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 different where it's like because Peter Tomasi just finished, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Peter Tomasi just finished a run on a, a storyline in Batman and Robin, which I thought was a great story. Very little happened. I think the story takes place over like two nights. There's like, you know, Batman and Dick, uh, sorry, Batman and Damian run into a guy. They fight him. Um, he has a history with Bruce. He gets away. He kidnaps Damien. There's another fight, and then you know that's it. That's the whole thing. But it's it's kind of like that story worked only because Tomasi writes it like an action movie. Every issue has a series of events that make the issue in itself exciting. Where this series is kind of like so all over the place and so doesn't know what it wants to do. Well, the, kind of, this is kind of like the Walking Dead of comic books, you know. Well, like, I, like, I have to say, pretty, pretty much, the comic. only the only real reason I believe this book is even even the way it is, and I'm, I I. I I can't stress enough that it's mostly you know Milligan's uh, you know fault, but um, it's also the fact that I, I just think his hands are tied as to what the hell he can do with atrocities yeah, yeah. yeah. and Crona within like, within the confines of what he's given. Yeah, his hands are kind of tied. Yeah, I mean, pretty much he does it, have some liberties, it, but only so much. John handcuffed to, to Milligan to the basement. Yeah, he has to look what, at, what he has to look at Jeff Johns and go like, "Can I make?" You know, try to a different character. Can I make him do stuff? Can I make him go like, no, he, he needs to be this way for my next giant story arc that I'm doing for, uh, you know, the yeah. Green Lantern. Can movie. I make him interesting? No, you cannot make him interesting. You know, this is, this is the same kind of thing that happened in uh, New Guardians. It's like every time uh, every time he tries this whole story, some of his characters are just dragged away because John demands it. Well, that's what we talked about. We talked about that New Guardians did something that was vaguely interesting with Arkillo, because and it was obviously like I had an, it's like you know Tony Bedard's like all right, you have Arkillo and he's one of the the Yellow Lanterns. Great, that's great. Then a couple months into it, okay, wait, um, uh, Sinestro kill all the Yellow Lanterns. There aren't any more Yellow Lanterns. What am I going to do about Arkillo? You can write whatever bullshit explanation you want, but he still has to be a Yellow Lantern. All right, fine. So they give a bullshit explanation, which ends up being vaguely interesting because now he's like, oh, I've been betrayed. Oh my god, yada yada. Um, and the same thing kind of happens here where. Um, you know, to my, uh, I feel like Bedar. Uh, to, what's his name? Sorry, um, Milligan? uh, uh, Milligan? Milligan's name. Okay. Milligan has like getting kind of getting this bullshit idea, and I think he does the best he can with it, just for the Blee story. I think Blee's saying like, "Oh yeah, I was actually in a rape dungeon by the entire Sinestro Corps. I should kill all of them." Like it's kind of like these plot threads that Jeff Johns kind of throws out there, and then acts like, "Yeah, Sinestro's a great guy. I forgot that he built all these cosmic rape dungeons." <laughs> but he did, and at least you know Peter Milligan's addressing it. So it's almost like these spinoffs are kind of bound by the problems that Jeff Johns' main title creates as 100%. I just happen to think that the only Green Lantern stories we've been getting that are related at all to the ongoing story of Green Lantern. Uh, that are any good we've been getting in subsequent like secondary titles and stuff. Same thing with um, Green Lantern Corps when Tomasi and um, Gleason were on it. We used to get a, all of their stories were just spin-offs of Jeff John's stories that just did a lot more of the material. Like, they they were still good. Mongol in charge of the Sinestro Corps was it's much more like interesting they were, they were good than in, Sinestro Corps. They were good in spite of it, but not... Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it was almost like... 
I'm not. I'm not grateful for it. It's not like you know. You can't just every every couple months break continuity and expect them to pick up the pieces. Mm-hmm. Because most Greenlanders, I mean, you know, whatever. We're a very negative podcast, but most Greenlanders stories the past like six years have been total garbage. You know, and like you get a couple of good ones here and there. It's a little frustrating. Um, t- it's almost like you don't want to admit it's good. You know, because you're like, oh, I could see the direct line from this to a Jeff Johns idea, and it's not that I don't want to yeah, admit ideas much, good. It's just, exactly is my problem. But it, yeah, but you don't want to admit that the idea comes from. It, but it's like I, I firmly believe that Jeff Johns does not give a shit that Sinestro had cosmic rape dungeons, and that's for pleasing. And him. originally, he was the person doing the raping. Yeah, it's like who, he, he sincerely does not about all that shit. He wiped out fucking sectors. I mean, hello. Well, even that. I mean, even that. Even if you just go by what he put in his own comic, I don't think he gives. Well, yeah, a yeah, yeah murder, okay. murdering yeah. for the and greater good or whatever. Genocide. Whatever. You're like, yeah. I think murdering is murdering. It's wiping out societies or wiping out societies. I think. Thankfully, well, I don't know if DC's working really hard to kind of reverse this idea, um, but thankfully, rape is still rape at least is still severe. It's like the new murder now, you know. Like back in the day, it was so taboo for someone to murder someone, and now it's like, well, let's throw some rape in there to make it spicy and stuff. And but it's just one of those like it makes sense at least to go. That's the only it's the only part of the issue that I liked. It's almost like I'm reading this being like if this does become like a Bleas versus Atrocitus thing, you were giving me no reason at all to root for Atrocitus. Like, you know, Bleas, everybody, I remember when the Bleas introduction issue showed up and she was like a, like, you know, a quote unquote bitch. Like she was just being a dick the whole time. I'm like, that's great. Like finally a character with some personality who's got fucking, you know, uh, I guess the irony would be to say has the balls, but has like the fucking guts to go around the universe and actually do some shit as opposed to like whatever. And the timeline is all fucked up. Like the John Moore stuff Happened over like a day, you know. Uh, Trossus has been wandering around, circling Krona's burial site for like weeks, you know, and like, um, and believe on foot, mind you. We talked about this again in the graphics commercial DC Nancast. I said it's kind of like the equivalent of like. You know, Atrocitus went to the store for a glass of milk, and Blees has graduated first semester of college in the same time frame in this story. You know, like there's no logical connection to what's going on. You know, like the Atrocitus not noticed all. It even makes it more complicated when you have to factor in all of these books into one coherent timeline because then everyone's events are all coalescing together, and it's just confusing as hell. Yeah, and especially yeah, exactly like this Guardian stuff has been going on for a couple of weeks um, with Sinestro, and um, you know I guess we'll get into that in the issue we're about to we're going to talk about Green Lantern and stuff. But there's a specific dialogue in that where you know somebody says, "Hey, uh, Guardians, uh, this Sinestro thing's kind of shady. Shouldn't we do something about this?" And it's like, oh, "Sorry, Jeff, a little too late. <laughs> Half a year after the storyline introduced information that is contrary to your your previous history, you can't just all of a sudden have characters start questioning it." But either way, it's kind of like you're setting up a story that's 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 ah, whatever. It's it's very much like the payoff isn't there, and like Kyle. Kyle, when did that story take place? When is the new Guardians taking place? This all seems to be taking place in like five minutes. I mean, he's been a renegade now for like months, but in his timeline, it's only been literally three minutes. You know, <laughs> he knows the Guardians are evil now, but he has no way to contact all the other guys. Hal's just hanging on Earth, shooting shit. Guys doing whatever, murdering prisoners off from the other side of the guy. I just, it's the, the timeline is, is very screwed up, and, and it's, it's not that it's like. Who cares? But who ca- I care. You know, like I really do. I want to know when, when all this stuff is happening because, like, you, like we've been talking about, it, it really does affect stuff. Like, Archilla is flying across the universe doing stuff. So we know that when he realizes in New Guardians that all the Sinister Corps members are dead or whatever, it has to take place at the same time that Sinister did it. You know, in the Green Lantern comic. You know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, what are you gonna do? Anyway, I'm sorry. Um, also, the art was garbage. So I'll just say that. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. I'm glad. I'm glad you got. That. <laughs> I'm glad you. You know, you you put the nail on the head. Um, but yeah, yeah. We'll we'll move on from uh, from Redliners number seven now. Unless anybody else has something to say, I'm sorry. Uh, did, did we get all our rage out? Is it time for some will? 
I believe so, no, Brandon. No. Andrew mentioned earlier that he wasn't feeling rancor because he was simply a window, and I, I think that's what draws me to the characters, the fact that we get to see the inside of a Red Lantern. Um, Milligan spent two, maybe three issues uh, drowning Red Lanterns into the that little blood uh, ocean, and and we still got very little, you know, information on the transformation into a Red Lantern. Here we get to see how it is, and specifically we get to see how it is for a human Red Lantern. And I like, you know, the behind-the-scenes thought process. Um, putting words together is a struggle. Um, just finding out what the person across from you is saying. Um, still adapting to everything that's going on, uh, flying off in space and uh, breathing, you know, these little things that, you know, that drives me in a lot more than uh, Atrocitus finding some mutated baby army, you know, at the end of the book, which completely destroys the most interesting plot which is where was Krona. You know, and it completely throws that out for uh, an uninteresting idea where you know in the next two or three issues that those monsters are just going to get slaughtered. You know, it's like it's a Red Lantern's book. They're going to get well, slaughtered. Yeah, I do want to talk about... I, We've not even talked about the Guy Gardner cameo. Really quick, there's a point where he says something. You were saying, like, it's really good. It's cool to get inside the head of the lanterns. And I agree with that to a certain extent. I think Milligan is a good writer, just not a good comic. Um, but there's a sequel, you know, where Guy Gardner says, Red Lantern, you're talking. That's crazy. But it's like, haven't all the Red Lanterns talked? I mean, I know this book is kind of making the point that they're all like dogs on a leash. But, like, Guy talked when he was a Red Lantern. I mean, I know that distinctly. I feel like a bunch of other Red Lanterns have said stuff before, like Lyra and stuff. But so why? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like a weird retroactive continuity thing, you know? Well, that, that, that was the thing that, about the green out, green ring contradict, contra, counteracting the uh, effects of the red. Well, the, well, the thing yeah. is, believe you said you said make incoherent sentences all the time, even yeah. before she got thrown into the lake of that's blood. Right, yeah, that's right. She used to calm down and be like, "Yo, red card." That's why I think this that, that situation is is more like what we refer to with New Guardians is that nobody told Tony, you know, nobody told Milligan that <laughs> the Red Lanterns can talk. So it's just like. He Yo, Tony, know. He, so there's no, no, no good. There was, there's no good editing, huh? <laughs> yeah. So oh. I'm like, t- t- Tony, 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 and Peter, like at the at the at the water cooler, like, so, uh, so Red Lanterns can't talk, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's it. That's true. Yeah. And then and then someone comes up, like, yeah, uh, actually they can talk. Oh, really? Oh man, I just wrote this whole script where they don't talk. No. See, what happens is you tell Peter Milligan the, the basics of Red Lanterns. You say, hey, they can't even talk because they throwing enough blood all the time. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, really. All right. So then eventually he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to make this Red Lantern talk. And it's like, motherfucker. But they talk in his book. Like, I think I feel like Blees mumbles a bunch of stuff before, like, the end of the cliffhanger one issue is Atrocitus is like, I'm going to put Blees in the pit. and Or I think I might. I don't know who I'm going to put in the pit. And then Blees is like, we got to rebel against Atrocitus with this kind of one or two words. But she's speaking. I mean, so it's kind of like there's a, I don't know. There's a difference between that. And I think that was in a monologue, by the way. No, she she verbalizes. She talks to the other guys. But I mean, there is a there is a difference between him saying words that are I mean, more even Neanderthals verbalized to some degree. I'm sure, but. But, I mean, there's a difference but it's not at the same level as we do. Speaks a language, and and it just it's shocking for Gagarin to be like, "You're talking." A Red Lantern can speak, and it's like not that he's it's not the kind of thing he did. he's not like because he still doesn't say full sentence. He just says like his name or two words or whatever. No, he says, "Please help me." That's what he says. Oh right, yeah. So yeah, I mean, and he's hurt. He, he had an adventure with Blue earlier this year. 
it, it is kind of cool to see like the uh, the, the Red Lantern, the human one, kind of try to fight against it and uh, actually try to do some good with the powers, even if it's just all subconscious. But that, that's kind of the thing that's trying to make the role interesting. It's like most Red Lanterns just go with the rage. He's really struggling against it, and I think that's supposed to be his defining characteristic. Maybe, maybe guys have flaw with memory loss. Maybe. My only real flaw with this is like uh, Brandon was saying about the uh, the mystery behind Krona. I think they missed a good opportunity here. I mean, the Guardians are supposed to be quote-unquote immortal. I mean, what if you kill him? You think he's dead? It's a couple of days later, his body just flips back to life. I mean, actual immortality. He's, he's like I some kind of horrible zombie monster, but if yeah, he just started getting up and started trying to kill everyone again, it's like, what do you do against the person who can't stay dead? Even if, even if you can just temporarily kill him for a couple of days. Or weeks, or months. I prefer that versus the nonsense in the end of the issue, or some stuff. Oh, versus, uh, versus, versus wearing his skin, wearing his skin like friend. Buffalo Bob. Bob. What? Bill Bob. One of those. Oh, Buffalo Bill. Oh, yeah. One of them things. Anyway. Anyway, let's let's move on to uh, Green Line number seven, the uh, the uh, the all out issue with uh, Sinestro confronting Hal to uh, be his uh, be his Green Lantern for the for the for his crazy scheme to go up against the Indigo Tribe or whatever. Which again, the Indigo Tribe makes their first appearance since what? Since in the first time since in the new continuity, I guess. Uh, not, yeah. not counting New Guardians, yes. Not counting New Guardians, but pretty much like the first time. Uh, Jeff Johns bring them back into the, into the new DCNU. Do it how no. that matters, right? So, yeah. Ouch. <laughs> that hurt my soul. It's uh, it's it's, it's an interesting guy seeing seeing uh how confronting Sinestro, not wanting to be a Green Lantern anymore, trying to, or at least not wanting to be Sinestro's Green Lantern, but Sinestro apparently you know forced him with the old standby, uh, you know, follow me or I will blow your girlfriend's head. Away, yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah. I think it's kind of it's silly. I mean, I think Sinestro is almost like stalkerishly obsessed with Hal at this point, and it's one thing. It's like, okay, if that's an aspect of the character, how come Hal is so not bothered by it? He's like, no, go away, man. Not realizing it's like, okay, this is an inappropriate relationship here, you know. And like, I don't know. It's it's kind of like it's silly. Like, why is he so in love with Hal? And I understand the story gives us a couple of things, like, oh, I can trust you, and oh, we were partners at one point. But like, I don't know. The meat of the bones isn't there. And that's for me. That's the whole issue because the secret of the Indigo Tribe, quote unquote. I don't understand what's their what is what are we supposed to think their secret is? What what information don't we know about them? Like where they came from? We don't know where any of the. the what does Abensor have from. to do with the Indigo Tribe? Exactly. That's, that's exactly. The mystery exactly. Of, um, of I was saying, the Tribe. Exactly. That's what I'm about to say. The the mystery. The only mystery they've hinted at is Abensor has something to do with the tribe and stuff. But like, who cares? We don't know anything about Abensor in this kind. We talked about that when I was reading when we were reading Flashpoint. Avancer that it was like we don't know anything they're, they're giving us all this history about Avancer that didn't exist before they did the alternate reality switchover so the only stuff that counts from Avancer is that we knew he had a sister and he dated Sinestra that's all we know about this guy I mean you know all the past continuity can't count anymore so it's just one of those like and does it really matter you're just throwing names around it's kind of like you know I don't know it's very much like a, a superficial kind of mystery thing and 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 yeah. that's what I'm saying like we're, just, we're supposed to understand why Sinestra and how our friend and because we're constantly, or why Sinister is so obsessed with having Hal as a friend? Because we're constantly told they used to be partners. Have never seen it. You know, we're, co- we're now we're constantly told that there's something major and epic and mysterious about Avan Sir's past history. For six years, we've got no indications of what that might be. So you know, it's going to be like a big info dump and stuff. And this issue kind of 
this is a, kind of a huge waste of time issue. When it ended, I was not – I shouldn't have been because I've been reading these comics for a long time. I was shocked, like, how little actually happens in this issue. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, the only big revelation in this issue, I guess, should have been that Black Hand was brainwashed by the Indigos, but we already knew that from the last time we saw Black Hand. You know, I don't know. How did know that, but we did. My, my, my way of thinking on this issue is I actually – I really enjoyed it, but I thought it was, like, a really good scene, like, one scene, and it went by <laughs> it very like three fast. three pages. I wanted more, to be honest, and that's not a feeling I've had in a Jeff Johns Green Lantern comic in a while. Yeah. It just it just felt like one scene. It's just like a tease for the next scene, which, oh, I guess that's next issue. Uh, but I don't know. That's my only thing with it. It's good, but not enough good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the only the only other, other things we get, like small little tidbits with the Guardians, uh, you know, confronting oh, a... Lies of Drac and the, you know trying to get the Book of Black, which is you know again, again something that's apparently to do with the first Lantern, which is again something completely new, completely, you know left field uh, that we're gonna we're probably gonna see later on. Oh oh oh! Don't forget, we also got she also wanted the Book of the Rage. Apparently, there's delicious stories there too. Yeah, that's that's actually apparently every like team a, has a book sitting somewhere. Everyone has a lot of those uh, foreshadowing of uh, the <laughs> collect all nine volumes. Storyline and I'm an encyclopedia filled. The Book of White, the Jesus book. Yeah, that was I'm another. Sure. It's like I'm now they all have That was not by chance. Yeah, they all have it. They all have entities. They all have queens. They all have kings. They all have um, emotional connections. Now they all have books. You know, now they all have secrets. It's it's wait, 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 till, wait, till the, wait till the DVDs. You know, you know, one of the things I I thought was interesting was this whole time it seems like John's is trying to push that oh Sinestro's you know starting to become a good guy he's still kind of a dick but he's starting to become a good guy and then he pulls a gun on Carol and threatens to blow her brains out I'm kind yeah, of seeing I, mixed signals here he's yeah, trying to I be a good guy yeah I appreciate that you're kind of falling for that because I think that's what you're supposed to think in the story I think you're supposed to think Sinestro's yeah. a good guy but look he's still kind of shady he gets guns on Carol but it doesn't work for me because I don't every time single time they're saying Sinestro doing anything good he's not like they're just like oh he's a great guy that's my point he's a quote for the people that realize about the rape dungeons and the sectors being wiped out people not aware of that stuff still think oh he can maybe be redeemed my point is he's quote unquote good not that he's actually good no no I'm saying like he's still doing dick thing. I'm just saying like very sarcastic the pull of the story, I think, is supposed to be where, like, oh, he's getting better. And when he does stuff like this, this is supposed to be kind of like, oh, Sinestro, you're back to your old tricks again. But it's like, I don't get the, I'm not get, I didn't get the gamut in one way versus the other. And it's like, that's, that's the big problem with it. And I think what Andrew was saying, like, it's not that I actually didn't, I did not enjoy this issue. There's some good dialogue and stuff from Hal and stuff. Not good, but all right dialogue. It just, it turns out ever since the 52 relaunch has happened, Hal Jordan is all of a sudden an interesting character when written. Not interesting, but he's an entertaining character when he's not in Justice League and he's written yeah. by Jeff Johns. No, I mean, like, <laughs> Jeff Johns has written the last couple issues of this Sinestro storyline. Every time Hal shows up, it's the best he's written Hal almost in the entire time he's written, except for me. He's, he's an actual character, not a, 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 a piece of cardboard with a ring attached. I wouldn't even I go would, so far as to say I would tend to agree. I mean, I mean, separating myself from like, like, uh, well, where's the aftermath with uh, Cowgirl? If I push that aside, I, I would, I would agree with you. I would, I would have no problem. Well, I think I, I, I do want to say I don't necessarily think he's a fully fleshed out character. I do think he's yeah. he's funny because there's humility now because it was like all we got in every single Hodge story was how he was the best and then he would do something really ballsy and win and now every issue has been like oh he's a dick and he's an idiot and all the stuff that made him great actually makes him an asshole in his conduit and he's kind of like he's now he's willing to totally you know wear a, a, a leash around his neck to Carol and stuff and then the stuff that I think is interesting it's a, but 
Jeff Johns insists on making Sinestro the main character, and that's that's what's really hurting the book, I think, because you're reading this kind of like forced, ham-fisted, quote-unquote redemption, and it's like, I just want to see the funny guy that's decided. I'd like to see Hal's actual semi-maturing that's going on here. He's actually saying, like, you know, I don't need to be the hero every time. I can live a life and work a job and do something with my life, and it doesn't have to be grandiose to be something. See, here's the well, thing. I think, I think, I think I, that's going to I, I think I, that's I, gonna go away. Like, it's going to be like, all right, yeah, I don't have to do this. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and then, you know, I, and then it's going to be like, oh, Sinestro's out. How you get the ring back? It's like, oh, I'm totally going to be a hero, guys. It's going to be awesome. I still believe that Jeff is doing his, doing this thing where it's like, he's doing all this stuff with Hal. It's kind of this pathetic loser that's uh, between jobs or whatever it is. And uh, eventually it'll be, it'll be more of a juxtaposition of when he when he later falls back into the way he was in the last volume which is just, yeah. oh, I'm all all I do is 24/7 green lantern nothing else I don't have a day job yeah to kind of like this, this well in, in this many, how it didn't work that's what he's shown us now in that's in many ways it the way the way that you're you know you're praising the fact that you know Jeff Johnson is writing how Jordan as a better uh, as a better character a slightly better character now is mainly because he's he isn't the focal point whenever whenever Jeff Johnson actually writes uh, you know the the focus character that's a character we least pay attention to because everyone around him is going to be doing things we just want to know more about. I mean, what, why are you saying we kept going like, oh, yeah. where's Power Girl? Because she was, like, not important. We were like, huh, she showed up. Maybe she might be important. But then, she, then you know, she's a throwaway character, you know, for just well, That's uh, like Larfleeze. And yeah. The Larfleeze storyline wasn't bad. Larfleeze was vaguely interesting, but if you thought too much about him, he fell apart. And that's what happened. They started doing Christmas specials and dumb shit like that, and all of a sudden he's not an interesting character anymore, you know? And exactly the same. I mean, Hal is benefiting from being a supporting character, I agree, but Sinestro is suffering for it. Yeah, you know, I, I would really like to see that. Uh, that uh, I'd like to see that Johns learns from this, and Hal himself as well learns from this. I'd like to see if he does go back to the main character, the main Green Lantern. I'd like to see all that this comes together makes him a better character in the end. Because if he can grow from this, it'll have all been worth it to at least have Hal as a fairly decent character coming out. I'd like to see that happen too, but I don't think it's going to. The only way Hal Jordan's going to actually become a a, uh, a gr- growth in character if Johns leaves the book. That's the only way. It's the only way he's going to actually become a more, you know, a, a character who he has a growth spurt and actually becomes a more well-rounded character. It's when someone else looks at everything Jeff Johns has done and then takes that and runs with it and just grows from there. That's the yeah, only way this yeah. character. This is the I, only I, way this character is going to, you know, go. I've go been ready for, for. I've been ready for the next creative vision on Green Lantern for some time now, and I think, I'm I think, honestly yes, kind I think of that's... becoming disillusioned with the whole thing, to be honest. Yes, exactly. I, th- I think that's that's. I think. In in light of the fact that the DC universe uh, li- literally rebooted itself, so wouldn't have to be progressive in its storytelling, which is hilarious. You know, like restarted the entire universe from scratch, and everybody's still who they were in the Silver Age, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I don't think we're going to get any kind of. Ch- I think any serious change in the character. Jeff Johns isn't a subtle enough writer for that. You know, I mean, he's written long runs on books where char- characters have stayed the same way and never changed. I mean, unless they change costumes or. You know, for superpower, yeah. and even then, we've seen that go back to the way it was. And I, th- I agree that I think the next step for Green Lantern is probably either Hal changing as a character, which means you need a new writer, or you need to get rid of Hal as Green Lantern, which I think he's kind of doing. I mean, he's kind of making Sinestro the main character, and he's trying. He, it's like it's funny because he's it's almost like he's like oh he's, he's doing all these stories to try to justify it when he's not really. He's just kind of he's kind of hoping the justification is already there. Uh, that's uh, on the issue itself, though. This actual issue itself, it's um. Um, it is kind of an arbitrary series of events. Like now, the Indigos show up, and all of a sudden, it's important to grab Sinestro now because he's a Green Lantern. Like that makes any difference to anybody, you know? Like, um, and then Hal seems, you know, whatever. He seems a little 
confrontational with them, but I, I don't understand. He'd probably be amenable if you talked to him for like three seconds. Say like, hey, listen, no, seriously, like the Guardians are they're nasty. We need to get the ring off. All of a sudden, Hal's like, wait, don't take the ring off his finger. Like, why? You've been fighting this guy most of your adult life, you know, and you know he's killed everybody you've ever cared about. Like, what do you? What, why? You know, why even argue at this point? And then in, instead of like trying to talk to him, they just jump him so they have an excuse to kidnap Hal too. But then why do they kidnap Hal? Why not just leave him on Earth? Like, you know, why do they bring him to a dungeon in the first place? You know? Why? Why do they bring anyone to their mind control dungeon of slavery? Because they do. Yeah, it's funny to think. To reveal that, the uh, secret of the Indigo Land. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's actually a point. Because yeah, you know, Jeff Johns of the Arena know how to write anything around that except just forcefully feeding it to you. Um, He's basically talking Tawny or He's like the princess of the story at this point. <laughs> See, the funny thing is, the, the more I look at the um, like the, the end splash page with the Indigo, with Indigo One and the, the other Indigo tribe members, I keep I keep thinking, you know, the, the, the Indigo tribe are prisoners. That's what they are. I mean, we got, we got the sense of that earlier on when, uh, when Indigo One's ring was removed. Uh, these these are four, and you know, especially you know, Black can being a member of the Indigo uh, the Indigo Tribe now, and they're trying to to uh, take trying to take um, Sinestro as one of their members. It's more like they're prisoners. They're 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 actually enslaved to the rings, and they're 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 carrying out a sentence. Uh, that's just my opinion. I mean, especially the way that uh, right, all their 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 giant palace right. yeah. is and the implication would be that. Yes, the implication could be that Avancer did something, and maybe Avancer is responsible for the Indigo Core, which is why when Indigo breaks out of the thing, she's so mad at Avancer, et cetera, et cetera. And that's fine. It's just it's kind of like I don't know, I don't know. It's just not that I don't. It's sort of like who cares? It's like it would be interesting, and it would be exciting, and it it's interesting to think about that. It's sort of like you know Star Wars Episode Two, where some Jedi goes off and makes a clone army and stuff, and it's like that's vaguely interesting, except just like there, it's like we don't know who the clone army's for. We barely understand what's going on in the plot, and we don't know who the Jedi was in the first place, and that's exactly what's going on with Evan Sir. We don't really know who Evan Sir is enough to care that he's that kind of guy, you know. I mean, we know he was best friends with Sinestro, so he's already probably yeah. a bad egg, you know. But I, mean, um, I feel like we're kind of at a, we've kind of arrived at a point now where you know Jeff is all about the twists and the cliffhangers and stuff, but he's he's kind of really having to grasp at twists now, like. He went through all the obvious ones already, like, oh, I, I want to do the black, I'm going to tell the blackest night uh, uh, for an encore, I'm going to tell the brightest day, and now it's like, what's left? Uh, maybe uh, having some sort of thing with the ones that I last year, I don't, I don't know. I'm actually uh, interested to how, I mean, he said he's got a couple more years. Didn't he say he had a few more years planned for the title, um, right? Yeah. Or he had He's pulled off. A seven more yeah. years plan for the title and yeah. stuff, which is bizarre. I'm like, no, really, how much more could you do? And if you think about it, he hasn't. He hasn't really finished the story since the beginning. Not no. to be like some oh, bit whiny, but I mean, the, the last know. four years are just going to be conclusions to every single story he's ever written. Yeah, no, no way is that going to happen. Still, Sinestro Core War number, you know, fifty nine or whatever. Yes, I, I bet you they're definitely going to get a Sinestro Core War two at some point. Like, could just straight out call a Sinestro Core War two. Well, I don't know. I mean, like, but Dove Mankey's great. He's great. I mean, um, this issue has yeah. had a little to bit. Be, to, to, be, to be honest, I gotta say, Doug Mankey is always is always a treat to watch. Uh, and I mean to see, but um, it's funny because every time I see Hal Jordan fighting Sinestro in most of these panels, I kept seeing Kyle Rayner because of his hair. It was just straight black, no brown, you know, uh, little like like you know trimmings or anything into his hair. I just kept saying, "That's that's Kyle. That's Kyle fighting uh, Sinestro." Well, at least we that's finally got dreams. it. Kyle Sinestro fight. I mean, I always wanted it. It's always something I wanted. Never, I will never get. Brandon, you know, you've been surprisingly quiet. I want to know your thoughts. Profound. Thoughts. (laughs) I agree. That makes so much sense. Profound. He's trying to reflect the emptiness in the story. Uh, I'm going to say real quick, I I, I think that 
sort of as as I was reading this, uh, first of all, I, I I sort of like breezed through it. There were like five word balloons in the entire issue. Um, like it felt like things kind of happened, but it's like three things total, and then like nothing else. Right. It's, it's right. Like, and it was like, yeah, it was like, uh, sort of, sort of, sort of what Andrew was saying was like, this is a really good yeah. scene, right? Like, yeah. like you know, it's funny too. Sorry, go ahead. Much I, I had a problem. I was I had a problem with we didn't even talk about which unfortunate that West got disconnected, but Carol Ferris in this issue where she <laughs> forgets she has a star sapphire ring most of the entire issue, uh, most of the sequence, and then remembers and then doesn't know where it is, and it's kind of like I get the joke because you want to have it that she gets dressed too late, you know, but it's kind of like. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? I mean, I don't know. They, they, these guys have been able to pull rings onto their fingers from thin air before, so it's kind of like, let's not, I don't know, like, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater sort of thing. And plus, I mean, I still have a problem with the Carol Ferris storyline in general. Like, they made a quasi-big deal that she was queen of the Xanon riding a dinosaur around. Yeah, and now she's, just, she's just not anymore. She's just it's very hard to just abandon. I was reading that, like, hello, you're the queen. Do we, uh, it's, it, like, why aren't they, and why do they let you keep it, kinda, it if you quit, et cetera, et cetera. It, it kind of falls into, like, where is cowgirl? Territory, which is frustrating for me. Don't they, don't they at least leave you bodyguards for being queen of the Star Sapphire? It's kind of fucked up because it was like this happened like you know when this started like a year before that. So it's like, yeah, but well, it's, it's, like, it's, it's recent. It's, it just happened. Become, exactly. It's a big it's fucking queen. plot point. Was right it, yeah, it was a whole storyline in the Green yeah. comic that she became the queen. And at the time, we all complained. We're like, this is so haphazard, so happening so fast. They don't have anybody else in their million year hierarchy who can take over this role, etc., etc., etc. And the book was like, oh, I guess you're right. It's kind of like, <laughs> I guess you're right. <laughs> It's kind of like the Aquaman book that's currently going on comparably where Aquaman, you know, in the first issue, it's like his wife is like, hey, you're the king of Atlantis. He's like, I'm not going to be – I'm just not going to go back. It's like what did the president just left the country and was like, I'm going to be – Is she even his wife in the current con? I'm confused about that myself. I believe they're still married. Has that been said? No. Uh, I've Sorry, bought I all the issues, but I've only, like, glanced. Aquaman? Aquaman. Yeah, yeah, Aquaman. Oh, yeah, whatever. Whatever Aquaman. Aquaman. Yeah, just what like just like Aqualad still around, right? You know what? What is a uh, Aqualad still around, right? Yeah, it? it's like it, he just like yeah. The first no, issue, Aquaman. No. They make a point to say you're the king, current king of Atlantis, um, and Aquaman's like I'm not. Gonna die. You know, like, it's like what if the president of the United States just left the country? I'm not. What a dick! Like you know, it's like you know, that's like the entire infrastructure of the of the of the, of the, the the city or the country's going to fall apart, so it's kind of, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, I don't think they realize the full implications of someone just leaving their office and stuff, and what do you know? I mean, as far as we know, Atlantis is the same three people it's always been in DC history, you know, and who cares, who gives a shit about the Star Sapphires and their hierarchy anyway, but still, I mean, a little bit of verisimilitude would go a long way. Yeah, I mean, I still feel like they're trying to sell us on what these cores are, like the Star Sapphires, and like one of the few, like, big points of... I, I say evolution, but not really. Like it was like Carol's Ferris taking over as the queen, and even these little things are now like uh, being pushed aside. Like, eh, I mean, maybe that happened, but uh, eh, I don't know. Maybe she's not the yeah, queen. Yeah, that. Uh, she is no, the queen. They redid. You know, the, the Star Sapphire's costumes are so problematic. You know, and um, uh, they redesigned House costume. Why couldn't they redesign the Star Sapphire costume? I don't well, think we've seen. Well, they I did was confused redesign, about that. Don't you remember they did redesign her costume, and then they retroactively redesigned it back. It's, because this it's, is the last year's costume, right? Yeah, I was confused about that because I, I thought when I saw Fatality's new costume in New Guardians, I was like, oh, okay. So in the New Fifty Two, like this is yeah, the new, uh, the new Star Sapphire costume, and we're going to eventually see Carol's 
new Star Sapphire costume that's similarly conservative um, and now not. So I guess I'm left more confused about Fatality's new costume. Still need a Why torso not? window. You gotta have a emerge. torso window. Yeah, what Frank, you said it's slight, this is slightly gone back, but it's still kind of like, why not redesign it when it's such a problematic costume? I'm waiting for it to come back with a giant white mask that you know that covered her face. Yeah, her cost, her old costume is kind of classy, not for nothing. I'm sorry, did somebody just say for the record and it was Brandon who's not Brandon, really casting? Brandon, for the record? Yeah, for the record, uh, DC asked Tyler Kirkham to redesign that fatality costume, so... Right, yeah, yeah, because there was there was an initiative for a couple of weeks where they were going to not They just changed their mind, you know, like in the middle of all the designs and stuff. And it was yeah. because it's funny, the pendulum totally swung the other way. Like, you know, you like they got through Fatality, they got through Black Canary, they got through Katana, they got through <laughs> Poison Ivy. They got, and then all of a sudden they were like, wait a second, we're up to Harley Quinn, right? Fuck it, Harley Quinn, Supergirl, uh, uh, Star Fat. Uh, oh, look Star at Sapphire. Power Girl. Power Girl looks like fucking Mother Teresa. Who wants to read I that? Like, I like <laughs> Who wants I'm to never, read that? <laughs> I've never oh, been Andrew. a fan of Power Girl's window, honestly. It's, kind of, it's called. More problems narratively than it's no, than but it's it's, it's so useful I, initially, to have that right for some reason. Yeah, initially, initially distraction. Ho. Yeah, initially, who cares really? It's just a boob window. Like initially, who cares when she first showed up in the seventies? But at this point, it's narratively a bigger problem than it's worth. It's just her. It's just and whatever her costume's ugly or her title's not going to sell anyway. Who cares? So can I? There's, uh, a, there's a big hole in the issue. Well, Brandon. Uh, you know, we, with your profound thoughts, I want to know what you think of the issue. Oh, yeah, what do you think uh, about there was, there was where uh, we didn't get a chance to discuss yet. Uh, Sinestro's whole being, like Eric alluded to it, that he was being stalkerish, but he has no reason to be there. Like, you have this giant prophecy or a glimpse at the potential prophecy, and then your first decision is, I gotta go get Hal Jordan. Like, <laughs> Yeah. No, you should, you know, come up with a plan. Would that be your first decision? Like, prophecy, Hell Jordan, done. Yeah, it, it just made no sense for me. It's like, why track down Hell now? Like, beforehand, you said you, you had a reason to. The closest Green Lantern to me, and the only one I trust, is Hell Jordan to save my planet. Fine. But, you know, when you have no plan of action uh, to go against the, the whole fucking Guardians... And presumably any lantern who stands with them, because we know Salik is, you know, that kind of guy. Like, you should probably have a plan, especially if, you know, you're considered the greatest Green Lantern. Like, it just made absolutely no sense for him to just say, yeah, I'm going to go to his window and, you know, give him no ultimatum. Like, if you had presented Hal Jordan with that with that uh, premise that, hey, we, we got to handle the Guardians because this, this, and this, you know, before, you know, holding a gun to his girlfriend's head and whispering in his ear that he has no choice, then this would have gone a lot smoothly. Granted, it probably wouldn't have been as interesting, but, you know, at least logically, they would have made sense. You know, we're supposed to get this thought in our head that Sinestro's this genius Green Lantern. Funny. He's this powerful Mark. guy. And Jesus, we get none of that here. It's just... Impulse, 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 and nothing not, nothing is to be desired of Sinestro. Well, you know, he's led by his emotions. I, th- I think invoking the word in any of the Lion titles, hell, it's just not a good thing to do. 
Um, elsewhere in the book, um, you think he was a little sloppy with, um, I think that splash page with Indigo One standing in front of everybody looks really rough. Uh, that might be the inking, but it was really sketchy. And, a little sketchy, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't really appreciate that. Um, and and I completely agreed. I think how, you know, while Sinestro was stupid enough to uh, try to recruit Hal in that fashion, Hal was just as stupid not to, you know, just say, fuck it, I'm a gone. You know, you're already, you know, banished, you know, from the Green Lantern Corps. One, like if Indigo says, "Hey, this is not your fight. This murderer is about to be on our trial board. Let us handle that. Fly away, Green Lantern." That should have been the end of it. Fly away, Green Lantern. Like you were so adamant two seconds ago that you were done with it forever, forever. Like forever means forever, right? I mean, ass atrocities. <laughs> what forever means? Forever, Daddy. Forever, sweetheart. Forever. It, just, forever, it made absolutely forever. no sense for me that Hal would stay there and allow himself to be sucked into that window. And Carol, she apparently understood the situation. So he was like, all right, well, fuck him. Fuck him. He left. He chose to go. Fuck all y'all. Get a grip. (laughs) Handle your girl, Brandon. Handle your girl. (laughs) I will. I think it's time for another open letter to Carol Ferris. Like, what the fuck? She didn't listen to you last time. I don't know if she listened to you this time. Clearly, I've lost all confidence in her. She's not. She's not a. She's not a feminist. That's really all it is anymore. She's not a feminist anymore. She don't. I mean, I'm not asking for her to be, you know, on posters with her, with, you know, making a muscle and shit. I'm just asking for some basic human logic, you know. Is that a, is that a Rosie the Riveter reference? A lot. What? Impressive. I like how you're like. I'm not asking her to be like Rosie the Riveter. Like you think that's such a far flung. <laughs> Like, insulting idea. Like, I'm not saying she should go so far as to respect yourself, but just be a person. <laughs> kind of the iconic. Well, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, don't respect yourself. Just respect the logic. Something. <laughs> just be Something. a human being. Um, <laughs> yeah. don't, don't have dignity. Just don't be an idiot. <laughs> exactly. So what? you want Carol to not have dignity. Okay, you can quote him. Whatever. I was going to say, wiser words were uh, never said before. Probably not. Well, I guess I guess we've uh, we've talked uh, enough of the issue of uh, Green Lantern himself. Shot our wad, I think. Yeah, we shot our wad. Uh, we should all, probably mention all over. Well, it's time to clean up. Did you mention what, Brandon? Sorry, I should probably mention. Wait, what, Brandon, Brandon, what were you gonna say? Uh, this episode is being recorded uh, the day before WonderCon starts. So, uh, in case there's any uh, WonderCon news this weekend, we'll be. Rec- uh, we'll be covering that next episode, which is a week after it's been over with already. So sorry, WonderCon fans. <laughs> Wonder thanks for thanks for thanks for thanks for dating the podcast. Well, I mean, it comes out on a certain date, so that dates it um, itself. There's... But that further dates it. Uh, not really. Calls it. Yes. Genius. All right, so. You know it. That that's that's it, and that's all for us here at the Green Lantern Corecast. I hope you enjoyed our uh, ranting, our raving, our enjoyment, our glee. Uh, and uh, stay tuned next time for uh, for uh, our our more reviews and also our WonderCon updates. Um, until then, everyone, say say uh, stay green. Stay green. Stay green. Stay green. Uh, stay green. I, stay I love green. it. Or don't. I'm in the 
silver spotlight. You yeah, can always pick so, I mean, every. You know, there's always a, other, a bunch of different colors. You can pick a hard. Start being green. Sparkling green. Yeah, there's a forest. Blue and gold. Balls in your mouth. No. What? 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 Balls, balls in your mouth is not a color. I don't think Crayola put that one out. There's balls the, in uh, your mouth. Balls in your mouth. Don't swim in the ocean. You get no. balls in your mouth. Balls in your mouth. Balls in your mouth. Balls in your mouth. Forever don't swim in the ocean. You get balls in your mouth. All right. So uh, that's balls it. Uh, that's here for the Green Line Corecast. Uh, remember, mouth. everybody. Stay green. Swim in the ocean, you get balls in your mouth. Be sure to check us out at www.thegreenlanterncore.com. You can also email us at contact at thegreenlanterncore.com. You can follow us on Twitter at the GLCore. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash GLSpotlight. You can reach our voicemail line at 313-GL1-2814. That's 313-451-2814. Thanks for listening and check us out next time. And please stop masturbating when I'm talking to you. Be sure to check out Kirby Crackle, performers of our opening theme, Ring Capacity, at www.kirbycracklemusic.com. Also check out the Roy Clark Method, performers of our ending theme, Sector 2814, at freeweb.com slash Method. Sometimes it speaks to me, it says how, what do you